is really the Lord really wants to encourage people. He really does. That's what his heart is, is really to help people. And I think I may have said that it seems like the further I go with the Lord, the more people become important. And that's because for the Father, people are important. That's what he died for was, was us. He says he gave his life for the whole world. And uh, not just you know, not just the people who were saved who know the Lord today, but he died for every person and Every person can be saved uh, based on that. I'm not saying every person's going to be saved, but I'm saying they can be if they believe the gospel, believe. That's, and Jesus said this. Someone asked Jesus, what do we do to do the works of God? That's a good question, right? We would all like to know that sometimes. What are we supposed to be doing? And he said, believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe. And I think that's the thing that we God wants to teach us is... It's the works or or everything comes out of a belief, yeah. and if you'll believe, Amen. just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, believe what He said, then you, the works will just take care of themselves. Uh, life will be what it's supposed to be. Isn't that really wonderful? So, just in case you're in here this morning, okay, and you don't know Christ, if you've never had this connection with with the person of Christ. Um, this is a really great day to get to make that connection because he, His heart is open to you. And if you'll open your heart to Him right now, you'll find out that His heart's waiting, waiting on you. He's been waiting on you. He wants to, to have a relationship with you. He wants you to know Him and because He knows you. He knows all about you, but He wants you to open yourself up to Him. So let's just take a moment and pray about this because this is what the Lord's into these days is salvation. I just want to take a moment. Father, thank you for every person in this room. And I pray if there's any person here that really, really, truly has never had that salvation encounter, they've never looked into the eyes of Christ and saw His love, saw His delivering power. I just pray that they would be able to do that right now. And all you got to do is say, you know, it's really easy. Just say yes. Just say yes to Him. Say, yes, I agree with you. I need you. I need you. I need you. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, and we had a person give their life to Christ last week and got saved, got saved and baptized on the same day. That's pretty good, right? Isn't the Lord good? Save them, bury them, get them resurrected, get them filled with the Holy Ghost. So I wanted to say this morning, since I have 35 minutes, it's a little bit longer than last week, although I cheated last week and went over. I wanted to say this. I figured out... Uh, that that God uh, is there's a move of God in the earth. Okay, I've got this figured out finally. And, and the move is is a harvest, and it doesn't look like a harvest right now. It looks opposite of a harvest. It looks like there's wars, right? There's wars. There's airliners being. I mean, isn't that a tragedy? An airliner full of people was shot down, and the whole world was just standing by, really not doing anything about it. It's a tragedy, and people are being killed. Innocent people are being killed every day. People's lives are being threatened every day. 
and but it's because it's because the times we live in it's Jesus told us these things were going to happen and so God really wants to stir the Christians I believe he wants to stir our hearts for this hour that we're in and I wanted to read this verse here again I read it last week Romans 14:17 it says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit I I really believe and I this has been my personal experience and I see it being the experience of a lot of people a lot of our issues in our christian life is because we don't understand some some really fundamental things we have a have a bad view of some very fundamental things. And one of those fundamental things is the kingdom of God. And so our Christian life doesn't really work the way it's supposed to work. Okay? That's, and so we have all these problems constantly. And there's because... Well, just let me just give you this illustration. You know, if you can't... If you had a basketball team and you had a couple of power forwards who could you'd really slam dunk the ball like Michael Jordan used to could do. Remember how he could just do that? Or LeBron James. I mean, they can just take that ball and just slam it into the... But if you didn't have people who could dribble the ball up the court, you know, and pass the ball correctly, you would lose all the games, right? I mean, and I think sometimes we're, we get hung up on spectacular things. Not realizing there's these basic things that are just dis- disabling us constantly. Do y'all follow me? I love this. I love to see dunks. You know, a highlight reel. Nobody's going to show a highlight reel of a guy walking up the court with a basketball. No, they're not going to show that on ESPN. They're going to show that dude who comes up and just rips it. Okay, but that guy who ripped it could not have ripped it if there was not other people on that court doing what they were supposed to be doing and doing it well, passing the ball and knowing what the rules were. And so I think that's the way, to me, a lot of our Christian life is, 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 you know, we don't really understand righteousness. We don't have a revelation of righteousness. That's why I shared that last week. We think righteousness has something to do with what we do. And it has nothing to do with what we do. Nothing. Zero. So anybody who tells you that for you to be righteous, you've got to do certain things, that is a lie. Okay, that's a big lie. You're righteous based on what Christ has done. Okay, and out of that, what He's done, right actions will follow. See, we got the cart before the horse. We're trying to be good, you know, so we'll be righteous, so we'll feel like God loves us and accepts us. When He said, no, you don't, don't do any of that. I've already loved you, and I've already accepted you, and lived from that knowledge, and things can change for you. Uh, there's a scripture, Hosea 4, 6, says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, revelation knowledge. My people are destroyed because they don't believe right. They don't believe right. And so their, their, their lives are distracted off of God, and then they get messed up. Uh, hard times come, they get offended at the Lord because things don't work. If, you, or you're, if you're offended at the Lord today because the Lord ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing, you have a bad belief system. You, you're, you're messed up. You're believing something that's wrong. And so the Lord, what the Lord wants to do is He wants to create a, a belief system in us the, way, the belief system that Jesus had. That's what He really wants. He wants to, us to believe the way Christ believed. Okay? That's what He wants to create in us. That's why Paul said the kingdom's not about eating and drinking. It's not about an outward action. It's about something that flows out of you. It's something in you that's going to flow out of you. 
Okay? Now, in one sense, the kingdom is like eating and drinking in the sense of righteousness and peace and joy are something we should be experiencing every day of our life. Every day of our life. It's just like eating food. Every day of our life, we should, be, we should have joy in our life. How many people are walking in joy? See, a lot, of, a lot of Christians are not having joy. A lot of Christians are not having peace. And see, but that's what the Bible really tells us. The Bible tells us these things are important. Righteousness is important to God. Read the book of Romans. It is, that's what Romans is all about, is righteousness by faith, being justified by Peace is really important to God. He's the prince of peace. God, the God of peace will destroy Satan under your feet. It's not the God of war, it's the God of peace. Okay? The Bible says in Isaiah 54, 10, that God's made a covenant of peace with us. You know, Jesus says, I've given you my peace. I mean, the whole Bible, uh, you know, what does it say when Christ... Uh, you know, when they were singing the song when Jesus was born, the angels, something about uh, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. That was the announcement of Christ's coming. And so what God wants to do is He wants to reveal righteousness to us so we can come into a, a revelation of peace. Um, Romans uh, 5.1, let's read that right quick. It says, having been justified by faith. That means if you justified by faith, according to Romans 3 and Romans 4, means you're made righteous. Okay? There's two kinds of righteousness in the Bible. There's faith righteousness and works righteousness. Okay? Paul says in the Galatians, the works righteousness is witchcraft. That's what he says. Witchcraft. Who bewitched you? You've gotten into a bad doctrine because you are, you're basing your righteousness on works. That's what he said. Read Galatians. So you want know what witchcraft is in the earth today? It's people trying to be right with God when they're already right with God. That's witchcraft according to Paul. I didn't make that up. Read it. Okay? Having been justified by faith or made righteous, what? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're, here's what I'm saying. You're never really going to walk in real peace until you have a revelation that you're righteous. And righteous, remember, means right relationship with God. It has nothing to do with actions. Righteous, that's the, the exact New Testament definition of righteousness. Right relationship with God. So when we, when we come into this revelation that we are placed in right relationship with God, what that produces in our life is peace. That's good news, right? All right, let me read this. Uh, one thing about peace, I believe, is peace is the most practical expression of the presence of God on a day-in and day-out basis. In other words, when you come to church, hopefully, and if you come to this church or, or a church that really wants to worship, we're going for this manifest presence of God. Because Jesus said that, I'll manifest myself to you. We want the felt presence of God. We want to feel God. I don't know about you. I don't want a God that I can't feel. How many would marry a woman that they couldn't feel? That they couldn't put their hands on? They couldn't touch them? Nobody would do that. So if you have some ignoramus religion that says you don't need to feel God, then that's a bad religion. You need a, you need a Christianity that says, I want to experience the presence of God. I want to know it when God comes near. I want to feel His breath on me. Okay? And so I believe that's within the confines of the New Testament experience. So 
but daily, daily, day in and day out, Monday morning, going to work, at work, Monday night at home, whatever you're doing as you go through your life, peace is the way God's presence works in your life. It's His peace. It's an inward peace within you. That's how we know God is with us is because He's the Prince of Peace. And so when He's around, His peace is the thing that how, how He lets us know He's around. Y'all are just looking. <laughs> All right, let's read this one. John 1, 32 through 33. John testified, saying, John, I have, this is John the Baptist testifying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and He remained upon Him. Okay? He remained upon Him. Y'all making me really nervous. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, he, he, he upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. So really the, the, the uh, manifestation of the Holy Spirit on Jesus was a dove, which, which is the government of God. That's uh, Isaiah, was it 9.10 or something like that? No, 9.7. It says of his. It says nine six is is uh, the government will rest upon his shoulder, and there it is. The government of God is a government of peace. That's how God rules everything. So Christians who are into rules are into the wrong thing. Thinking you know do this do that rules. That ain't how God rules you. He don't rule us with rules. He's the ruler. He's the Lord. He is t- in charge, but he didn't do it with rules. He does it with peace. That's how. It's, that's how he rules this world. He does it with peace. The God of peace. Romans, what was it, 1620 or 16, something like that. The God of peace will crush Satan. That's how he beat Satan. He did it by peace. He went to the cross. says he didn't say a word. He gave himself to them to beat and to crucify. He didn't argue with them. He could have just come down. He could have done all this stuff, but he didn't. You see, God wants to teach us that that's how He operates. He operates out of peace. He doesn't operate out of strife or division or turmoil. And so when we have peace working in our life, we know we have God working in our life. You know, the word for peace in the Bible, shalom, is probably the most powerful word in the whole Bible. You can pray that over people. Like, you don't know what to pray? Just say shalom. Because this is what it means. It means, its meaning includes even the people who gave the meaning couldn't find the limits to it. In other words, we don't know what the limits of shalom are, peace. It means it includes completeness, soundness, security, contentment, prosperity, and well-being of the total person. Isn't that powerful? That's the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace. It means that for us, the whole person. I think that's pretty good, right? In the Old Testament, this is a biblical fact, two-thirds of the word, uh, two-thirds of the word used for peace was that word shalom, two-thirds of them. And peace is all over the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah, that's right, Jerusalem. They need that. All right, let's read John 20, 19 through 23. Are y'all okay? Good. See, one thing I think uh, is... When we talk about the kingdom of God, we, we really do think too, we think a lot about miracles and healings. I think I said this last week, and I'm not saying we shouldn't think about those. 
Okay, I think we should think about miracles and healings because God did miracles and Jesus did miracles and healings. He was into that stuff big time. And he's still into it big time. And he's looking for people to be into it with him. But sometimes we forget this righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what it is for me personally. That's what it is for you personally. It's not your ministry. It's for you daily. It's for your life. Yes, that's it. It's what you do. It's how you live every day. Every day you're not out doing miracles. Every day you're not out healing the sick. Maybe one day we will be. Wouldn't that be great? But even when you're at home and your family, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit should be yours. And when you begin to get the revelation of these things, there's something that happens inside of you that shifts inside of you. You become a different person. You really do. You become a different person because something happens inside of you. The kingdom of God suddenly begins to operate in you and out of you flows righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I think I said that a while ago, that covenant of peace is powerful, but we're supposed to read this. John twenty nineteen through 23. Now, this is after Jesus had been crucified and he rose. This is uh, John's version of the Great Commission. Okay? John's version of the Great Commission. The Gospel of John. Then the same day... At evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for, for fear of the Jews. You, can, you better be afraid of them Jews, right, Dean? <laughs> they were afraid, but they were Jews too. So, <laughs> Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. So that was the first thing he said to them, guys. Peace be with you. Think about it. That was the first thing he said to his disciples. These are, you know, Peter, James, and John crowd that had been with him. Peace be with you. Okay, so this is really important for us to get this. That's how the gospel is supposed to work. I'm going to tell you, okay, I know a lot of people don't believe this, but this is what I believe about the gospel. People believe you had to put people under the Old Testament to get them saved. Right? You put them under judgment. Because they say a lot of people don't know they're under judgment. But I think that's a lie. I think everybody knows they're under judgment. I think everybody knows they're in trouble. Jesus didn't do that. I guess that's my point. He did not do that. He did not say, okay, this is what's going to happen to you if you don't change your ways. He never did that. John the Baptist did it. Okay, but John the Baptist was an Old Testament guy. He was the last one. Okay, Jesus did not preach that way when he preached the gospel to people. He did not put them under the law. He didn't do that. They're already under the law. He didn't have to put them under the law. Okay? What he put them under was peace. The God of peace will crush Satan. He knew that. He, so he, the first thing he said to him was peace. Okay? I know some of you don't agree with that, but that's all right. You don't have to. I'm serious. Let me just tell you this little side note. I do have the time to tell you. This is something that will free you up as a person. Okay? This will free you up. You really don't have to worry about what everybody else believes. If they don't agree with you, it's okay. They have a right to disagree with you. You are not the belief police. You are not the thought police. I, I went through this agony in my life for a while where I was bothered by stuff people said and wrote because I so disagree with it. And one day the Lord said, you need to deal with that thing of control in you because you want to control what everybody believes. And when I said, Lord, you know, that's the truth. 
When I got free of that, I was just a happy man. I mean, seriously. You know, my wife can tell me I don't think that's right. Well, I'm not good with that, you know. You have a right to not. Seriously, what she's saying you are. There's some things that don't count. She's a bad example. Some things don't count. Especially when they affect me. Anyways, you understand what I'm saying? Is we want to be able to believe what we believe, Right? God's given me grace to believe what I believe. I'm not here to try to tell you you've got to believe what I believe. I'm just telling you what I believe. Okay? You, you get to decide about it. It's your, it's your choice. It's your decision. If you say, I disagree with you, I'm, I'm like, well, that's fine. That's good. That's, but ultimately, that's between you and God, not between me and you. You know what I'm saying? So that frees me because I'm not God. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm me. You know, I'm doing what I'm, God's called me to do. Okay? And that's what I'm going to do. And so if, if people don't like it or people don't agree with it, I'm not, it's not up to me to fix all that. I've got other things to be doing in my life besides trying to fix everybody's stuff. Right? You know, our job really is to help people get people to the Lord. Get them to the Lord, and you get a person to the Lord, then God and them can work at all the details out of, of their life. You know, and, and if people want help, we want to help people get there. We want to, you know, they want to talk about it. We'll, I'll be glad to talk to you about stuff. I'm just saying, I feel like we all need to be free of trying to control what everybody else thinks, believes, and does. I think if you can do that, then you'll be a lot happier in your life. It's freedom. Anyway, so that's my little revelation. But I will tell you this. The Lord said you got, you're, you're controlling. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to control. And people who try to control, let me just tell you this. If you have control in your life, this is what you have. You have fear in your life. Because control is based on fear. There's a fear somewhere in you that you feel like you've got to control. That alleviates that problem of fear in you. But it really doesn't. It doesn't fix nothing. Yeah, so... That's, that's the truth. And so if you can let the Lord deal with that in you and expose that to you. I didn't know that about myself. I thought, well, I thought I was the most uncontrolling person in the world. Is that with Becky? <laughs> anyway, anyway, so i got to get focused here, okay? This is one of my favorite verses here. He, said, he spoke peace to him when he came through the wall. When he said this, listen, when he said, he said peace, then he showed them, okay, his hands and his sides. In other words, he showed them where he'd been pierced. That's important. He showed them that. And in a sense, Jesus was preaching the gospel to his disciples at that point. In a sense, he was saying, I died for you. Here's, the, here's my scars. Here's my scars. Peace. Here's my scars. And, and it says, Then the disciples were glad they saw the Lord. Okay? And then guess what? So Jesus said to them, Again, peace to you. Do you see that? Again, he said it. It was like the first time when he said it. And this is the truth about peace. Peace doesn't always stick on people. Okay? You're going to find out when you release what? The peace inside of you. The word of the Lord in you. The thing that God's put in you. It's not going to stick with everybody. Sometimes it's going to bounce right back to you. You can feel it. You can feel it. 
bouncing back to you sometimes. You can actually be talking to somebody and sharing something from the Lord with them, and you can feel them rejecting it. You can share the gospel with people, and you can feel them saying no. You know, do you, some of you know what I'm talking about. And it really is, and I'll show you in a minute, it's right in the Bible. You know, so that's the way peace works. It comes back to you. And it used to really bug me when people would reject that. When I would say something, I knew it was from the Lord, and they were, they were rejecting what I was saying. I could feel it coming back. Have you ever prayed for a prayer? Somebody come and ask you for prayer, for prayer, they would explain what they need to be praying, and you prayed for them, and the, the second your amen, a, and then they started explaining more of their problems. It's like everything you just, do y'all know what I'm talking about? Everything you just pray, it didn't even penetrate them because they were thinking about what they were going to say to you. when they, In other words, they weren't in a mode to be able to receive. So, then he said the next thing. This is the, the, the gospel. As the Father has sent me, I also send, send you. What did he send them with? Peace. That's what he, he didn't send them to go out to the world and judge the world. He sent them with peace to go to the world and release his peace. Peace on earth. Why he came. Now, there's a day of judgment, but we're in a day where he's releasing peace still. Well, that's what I think. And I'm glad he is because I'm a guy who needs some peace. I'm a guy who needs some of that shalom thing working in his life. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Isn't that powerful? Uh, The gospel... When you think about that's how the gospel, Jesus released the gospel. That's how he, how he preached the gospel to his disciples. It's amazing. You know? And so one of the things that I really believe about a lot of Christians, because we don't have this revelation of righteousness, we don't have a revelation of peace. Okay? So our souls are in turmoil. And our souls are not healed. Our souls are, are, are ruptured. Okay? There's problems within a lot of uh, believers. There's no peace in them. And, there's, and because there's no peace in them, there's no joy in them. And I think that's really what the Lord really wants to do for people. That's what the gospel means for you and I. That's what the kingdom of God means for you and I today. It means peace for us. Right now, right this second. That's what it means. Now, I want to say this. God's peace is not like the world's peace. In other words, peace to God does not mean a lack of conflict. Now, that's really important for us to get. Let's read John 14, 27. This is what Jesus said. Peace I leave with you. This is where he died. My peace I give to you. See, that's the peace. that The peace that Christ had when he walked on the earth and his life was full of turmoil. His life was full of people challenging him and hating him and trying to set him up and trick him and ultimately killed him. But he said, I have peace. So I'm giving you my peace, not as the world gives. The world's definition of peace is there's no conflict, there's no fights, there's no difficulties. Jesus' definition of peace is not that. So when I say peace, don't expect there's not going to be trouble in your life. Okay? Don't expect that. That's not what the gospel promises us. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He says, I give you peace. And then he says, don't be troubled and don't be afraid. Okay? So, 
I think that's really important for us to understand when the Bible talks about peace, it doesn't talk about peace like the world has. Now here's the key, is we're, our peace is supposed to be an answer for the trouble in the world. Okay? That's, that's the key. Now when you go in a home, you should be able to sense that there's peace in that home. Okay? Or if there's something else working in that house, if there's, there's division or immorality. So you can, if you pay attention, you can feel all that stuff. You can sense all that stuff when you walk into people's houses. You can tell what's going on in their house spiritually by, by the peace thing. And you see, that's really one of the things that you know, we, need, we need to learn about is, our, is letting this peace in us work in our homes and let our homes be places of peace where people can come in into your house and feel peace in the house. Because you can walk across the street in their house and not feel the peace. And they may not understand it, but they need that thing that you have. It's like an oasis to them. They can go and get something that they need desperately. And I think that's really what, you know, one of the powerful ways that God wants to help us with the gospel. Let me just read Colossians 3.15. Everybody knows this. It says, Let the peace of God rule, rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. And so, you know, that's how God rules is peace. And so that's how you can know if you're in God's will, ultimately, is the peace inside of you. Um, you know, if, as long as you have peace inside of you, you're okay. You're good. But the moment that feels disturbed, then you're outside the will of God. You're moving outside the will of God. You should stop right then, no matter what you're doing. You should just stop and say, wait a minute. Um, you know, this week I was talking to a couple of guys that were thinking about changing jobs, and they had really good job offers, and they were trying to make this decision. So my, I asked them both, well, what does your gut feel? And, they, and here's both of them said this, well, it's hard. That was their answer. It's hard. It's hard to connect with what's inside of you. And I said, well, here's what you need to do then. Take one day and just be still and connect with what's inside of you. And you'll know what to do. You will know. If you just take one day and be still, you'll know. You'll know based on the peace in you. And both of them came back to me like, I did that and it worked. I know what I'm supposed to do. I feel, I was, I, in fact, one of them said, I was trying to make that other thing happen. And I kept just like, I just don't feel right for some reason. I was, they were able to pay attention to what was going on inside of them. That's how the peace of God works. And as long as you have that peace in you, you're safe. Okay, I want to end by, are y'all good? All right. The, listen, the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking. The kingdom of God is first righteousness. Righteousness, a revelation of righteousness will lead you into peace. Okay? That's how you connect with this. But you come into this revelation of righteousness that you are in right relationship with God. You are in right relationship with Jesus Christ. Once you have that and you really believe that established in your heart, then you can begin to experience peace. Okay? And once you begin to experience peace, the next thing that can happen in your life is joy. And everybody wants joy. It's the most intoxicating thing there is, is joy. And the Bible actually has a lot to say about joy, believe it or not. It has more to say about joy than, than I ever dreamed it did. But let me read this Luke 10, 1 through 9. Let me just tell you a couple of things. This is when Jesus sent out the 70s, others, 
He had already sent out the 12, and then he sent 70 others out. How would you like to be one of the 70 others in the Bible? These were unknown people. Nobody knows who these people were. They didn't take the time to mention their names. They were just 70 people that Jesus chose to send out. You know? And he sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. That's really important. That means that they were going ahead. They, a revelation was coming to that place. A move of God was coming to that place. And God decided to send His people ahead. Okay, so here's, here's one of the things that's going to happen to you in your life. You're going to start getting revelation about things God wants to do and other people around you are not. And you're going to start trying to talk to them about it, but they're not going to be getting it. It's okay. You've just gone before His face. You're, he sent you out ahead to kind of plant the seeds, to kind of, kind of share the news. Yeah. Something's coming. Something's about to happen. Okay? Here's what's happening. This person, the, what, the person that the Bible calls the desire of the nation is coming. He's, he's going to show up at your house. He's going, to, he's going to walk up your driveway one day. Everything in your life is going to change. He's going to reveal Himself to you. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. He's coming. Okay? And that's, what, that's how He works. And so He's looking for people like you and I. He's looking for people like, would you be willing to go before my face? That's what He's looking for. And it may be go across the street. Have a relationship with your neighbor. Invite them over and cook hamburgers with them and listen to them talk about all the crude things they talk about and all the stuff you hate they're going to sit there and talk about <laughs> right everything you think I can't stand that they love it how'd you watch that movie I don't watch those kind of movies <laughs> you know well then he said said to them listen the harvest truly is great I'm going to tell you something today that's what the Lord's saying to us now I, here's what I believe I believe the Lord's given me this, this revelation about the harvest. And I was been a little bit concerned about it because I've been trying to talk to people about it and I feel like, man, ain't nobody listening to me, Lord. They ain't getting this. They ain't getting this harvest revelation. And this, He gave me this scripture. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. You've been sent before my face. So I'm here to tell you I've been sent by the Lord's face to tell you that God is going to do a harvest in the earth. That's what I'm telling you. God is interested in saving people. I believe the next move of God is not going to be like the last move of God. It's going to be a move of God saving people. God's interested in saving people. Here's the problem. Okay? We're Holy Ghost people. Okay? I mean, that's a problem. Okay? Because Holy Ghost people can get just too... You know, we just love the Holy Ghost so much, we could just do that. For, I could. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I could just do Holy Ghost forever. I could just like forget everything else in the world and just be slammed by the Holy Ghost. Where you'd have to pick me up and drag me out of here. Like drag him out. He can't even walk out because he's so overcome by the Holy Spirit. I think that's awesome. But Becky said the other night, she said, it's like a rock being thrown in a lake. There's ripples. God, yeah, you know, in other words, it goes out. And that's what God's interested in. He wants to dip you into the, to the river, but He's interested in those ripples now. And if you study the river of God in Ezekiel 47, it talks about people fishing. After it goes out, there's people who's going to cast nets and fish. That's a, that's a picture of salvation. It really is. 
So I want both. I'm into both now, right? The harvest is great, but the labors are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. That's Jesus asking us. Would, be, we, would we be willing to be laborers in his harvest? That's what he's asking us. And I think a lot of people in this room are. I will give you that. I will say that. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. That's the truth. You're going out like a lambs among And we need to know that. That's, and that's a rough day if you're a lamb and there's wolves around. Because wolves beat lambs up. Lambs don't beat wolves up. Wolves eat lambs. Lambs don't eat wolves. So you really need the Lord to take good care of you. On That's what he was saying. You need me on this deal. I'm telling you, you need me. Because you're a lamb and there's wolves out there and they're going to be going after you and they run in packs. That's what he was saying. I mean, what else was he saying? But he was saying, I'm going to be with you. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. I'll protect you from them wolves. Yeah. Then he said this, Go your way, carry neither money bag, nor knapsack, nor sandals, and enter. Okay, let me just say that. And greet no one along the road. This is important. I don't have time to expound on this, but God sent these people out, when we read the rest, as spiritual powerhouses, but he also sent them out weak. They couldn't even provide for themselves. Okay? Now, that's how the gospel works. We're always going to be failed human beings. We're always going to be treasuring the earthen vessel. And see, we think erroneously that we're supposed to have a lifestyle that matches up with this kingdom overcoming everything's perfect message. But that's not what Jesus said. He's saying, I'm sending you out to heal the sick and declare the kingdom. But by the way, you won't even be able to take good care of yourself. You're going to need somebody else to take care of you. So don't be... Let your frailty, human frailties, disqualify you is what he was saying. Don't let your human frailties and your lack and your loss, whatever it may be in your life, wherever you stand today, he was saying, don't let that be the thing that hinders you because you're always going to have it. You're going to grow old and you're going to feel feeble in your body, but you're going to have the power of God working in you. And that's what this thing is about. All right. But that's just a side note. But whatever house you enter, listen, first, that's what Jesus said, first say what? Peace to this home. They're going out to preach the gospel. They're going out to heal the sick. The first thing you say, the first thing you release, do just what I just did. Do what I did. Or, well, he hadn't done it yet because he was still alive and hadn't been. But the first thing, he did what he told them to do. First thing you do is you release peace to people. Don't release them. Don't release judgment. Don't put them under the law. Don't tell them how bad they are. They know how bad they are. Don't tell them they're going to hell. They know and deep in their hearts they're lost. Release the peace of God to them. I'm telling you, that's, that's how he did it. So you can do it however you want to do it, by the way. I'm just telling you, this is what I believe. Like Arthur Burks used to say, you be the judge or jury. Judge and jury. You decide for yourself. Watch the witness is what he would say. Right, i got to get through. I'm two minutes over. Let me just finish this right quick. And, listen to this, if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. In other words, if there's an opening to the gospel, your peace is going to just rest. But if it's not, 
Okay? It will come back to you. Remember when I was talking to you, it bounced back on you. That's how you know when you're ministering to people if there's a door open to you to minister to them. If the peace don't go, if it comes back to you, then, well, they're, they're, just not, you know, they're not ready yet. Moving on. Y'all understand that? Here's the principle. Spiritually, spiritually, like attracts like in the spiritual realm. In the natural, men are supposed to like women. That's the way God created it. And women are supposed to like men. Not, not the, but spiritually, angels are attracted to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's attracted to Himself. And so when the Holy Spirit sees a person that God, that's being worked on and their, their heart's being worked on, God's been at work in their heart messing with them. When the Holy Spirit sees that, you release that peace, it jumps on them and sets on them. But if, if that hadn't been happening in their life or they've been resisting it, it won't, it'll just come back. You know? And so that's how you know. You know? And so if you want more of the Holy Spirit in your life, you know, get... Get more of what the Holy Spirit has, like peace. And then he'll be, see, the more peace you have, the more, and the more revelation of righteousness you have, the more you get. To him who has, more will be given, Jesus said. And for him who doesn't have, what he has, well, he'll lose. That's what he said. That seems unfair, but that's the way the kingdom works. If you have a revelation of righteousness, you're going to get more. If you have peace, you're going to get more. But if you don't have it, you'll lose what you do have. So you can get it. That's the reason, really. And so I'll finish up there. Are y'all okay? And remain in the same house eating and drinking such things as they give you. Hopefully they're rich people. <laughs> right? Instead of really poor people. Like, God, they don't have nothing to eat here. <laughs> For the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as they set before you. Listen and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And when you release the peace of God, the kingdom of God has come near. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And when we release that to people, the kingdom of God has come near to that person. And that's really what God wants us to do. He wants us to experience that. He wants us to experience His peace. Okay? The peace of God which passes all understanding that guards our hearts and minds in Christ. That's what he has for you and I this morning. So we're going to have communion, right? Yep. If you would like to come up and you know end at communion, if you would like prayer, there'll be people from the prayer ministry here to help you. Remember about the cigarettes or the addictions, or if you just have any other need, there'll be people here to to uh, yeah. And so I'm going to just pray over the communion that you know when you come and receive it, you'll receive a touch from the Lord this morning. And then we can, you can stay here and fellowship or prayer or, or go home, okay? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.